Smash cut. A technique in film where one scene abruptly cuts to another without transition. Much like a typical conversation with me and my friends when discussing film, television, music, video games, or anything else that happens to come up. This is the idea behind the show, Smash Cuts. Hello everybody, welcome to a new episode of Smash Cuts, I'm Rich Kabam. With me as always is Jacqueline Kimmick. Hello! And this has been a very interesting summer so far, I think. We're... We're in the middle of it, I guess. Um, yeah, we're right in the thick of it. There's been some great stuff come out already, and still lots on the way. I'm really so content this summer with the releases. Yeah, I, and every time I see a trailer, I'm like, okay, for the first time in a while, I'm like, yeah, I want to see that, I want to see yeah. that, you know. Yeah, there's um, stuff in the theater now that I haven't been able to see, because, I mean, normally you can go, you know, once every couple of weeks and catch everything you want, but... um there's definitely a few things in theaters now that I'm like, man, am I going to have time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there what's know. the what's the the thing? Not not one of the big movies. But what's like a smaller movie that you want to you don't want to miss really, in the theater? I really want to go see The Beguiled, but I don't know that I'll be able to see it before it goes because I know those movies go so quickly. Yeah, yeah. And that's the Sofia Coppola. That's yeah. the one to me that looks like Little Women. Yes. In a in a very dark uh, atmosphere. Yeah. Little Women Hostel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one does yeah. look interesting. And well, I, how about you? Like, any any smaller ones that you want to see? I'm trying to think. I, I you know, it's weird because I think I saw Baby Driver, which I would have considered small compared to everything else, but um, I, I know there was something. I know. I'm trying to think now. Now that I said it, I know there was something that was kind of off the beaten track. But then I, I, I kind of do remember. But it ended up being a VOD movie. Oh. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I want to check that out. And I can't remember what at all it was. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Of course, I do want to see. I, I, you know what, I do want to watch. I have just haven't had time to watch it on Netflix. Is that uh, Brad Pitt movie? The, uh, is it War Machine? I think it's called. Or, or. Uh, yeah, is it War Machine or War Horse? War, maybe it's War Horse. I don't even yeah. know. But it looks interesting. I'm just kind of curious uh, about that story. And uh, Yeah, I, I don't really know much about it, I, except when I went to the um, Center of Puppetry Arts not too long ago, they had a big display that was a War Horse. And I was like, wait, does that have anything to do with the movie? Oh. <laughs> and oh, I genuinely well, don't that... know. <laughs> oh, there, well, there was a there was a play that I saw that was absolutely amazing called War Horse, mm-hmm. and this was years years ago. This was um the 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 uh, the horses in that play were just amazing. They were all puppets. It's probably the same same thing that you saw. It was just oh, amazing to see. I, that movie actually was made by Steven Spielberg uh, a couple of years later, hmm. but I think. Where the disconnect was is because on stage it was so amazing to see these puppet horses and rabbits and everything, and then in the movie it's just a real horse. Yeah, it kind of loses some of the majesty. Yeah, yeah, you know, before we get into the movies, I should mention that because I don't think I brought that up last time that we had a podcast. But that Mm-mm. anybody who lives in Atlanta or even lives, you know, um, anywhere where they have a center like this, it seems like a very strange museum to go to, or like it wouldn't. Like, it would be only for children or, you know, something like that. But I highly recommend it. Like, the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta is so good. It's only, like, 20 bucks or something to get in. So it's one of the more reasonably priced attractions. And uh-huh. it's right now it was doing a um, labyrinth um, kind of 
wing. <laughs> so they already awesome. have a whole huge Jim Henson wing, and their labyrinth is represented in it, and the dark crystal and everything. So they already had um, items from the movies, and it was so cool. But they created this whole little path where you enter, and it's all dark, and you're in the labyrinth, and you have to go through the maze, you know. And oh, see, that's cool. And in each um, like nook and cranny, every time you turn. There's something new. There's original artwork from Brian Froud. The music and, and interviews are playing on some screens around. It's got the wardrobes from the, you know, the dancing ballroom, you know. It's just, it's got so much stuff. It's got the um, little, uh, lots of the little goblins. It's got the woman who had all the trash on her back, and it had, oh, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the little... Uh, the little goblin knight that was like on this little two-legged lizard thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It had yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. setup. The Don, I always thought of him as Don Quixote kind yeah. of look. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, not the not the puppy on the puppy, not Sir Didymus. I'm talking oh, about the okay. goblins. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And they okay. almost had like a big lance or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were so cool, and they were. Like, it was so cool. You could tell how they engineered it, but it was so brilliant, you know? You're just like, oh, my gosh. So the the actor's legs were the leg of the lizard creature, <laughs> you know? And it was just, oh, it was so amazing. And lots of the weaponry and armory and, and just, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even. <laughs> no, it's just when you said that, it reminded me of that. It, you used to watch the... um the Henson show about creating the the uh, the puppets or, or the it was like reality show where the competition of the the oh, two yeah. creators and mm-hmm. I just when you said about just how they created it, it reminded me of that one episode where <laughs> somebody created this whole get up for this person to be in and they just they could barely move and I just remember oh. you, <laughs> you see them moving and they just stop Man, and somebody's like they're like are you okay <laughs> it was like it was. Um, like Face Off, but it was for yeah, for for and I remember what's her name, Giggly, um, kind of yeah, uh, Gigi Edgley, yeah, yes, Gigi Edgley, Giggly, 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 Gigi was on it, Gigi, yeah, Giggly, yeah, that's so funny, yeah, no, that was yeah. a great show. I was thinking about that recently because I've been watching a ton of Face Off. I have been, I I kind of stopped watching years and years ago, not intentionally, but I just kind of fell off with it. And so mm. now it's the perfect thing to kind of binge watch in the background while I'm painting or creating or doing something else, because it kind of gives me that camaraderie of other artists and stuff. I love doing that. I'm sure um, anybody listening has probably got something similar to that. If they like to write and they have a certain, uh, you know, song or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, any, anything that you just kind of gets you going and you're like, yeah, we're creating together. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. So when I was in California, I, I did my best writing and this, this seems so weird to say this, but I would just have like stand up comedy playing mm-hmm. in the background while I was writing, mm-hmm. which makes makes no sense because you would think one would interfere with the other, but it really didn't. And I remember uh, the one that stayed with me the most while I was writing was, um, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I just blanked on his name, uh, Transvestite. Uh, uh, Eddie Izzard? Yes, Eddie Izzard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had this one special that was just, I, I used to watch it all the time. I don't even remember why. I, I mean, I, I remember. Did it why, happen I mean, to be dressed to kill? Because that was the one yes. I watched all the time. No, oh man, I've seen that. Yes. I know that yes. thing back and front. It's so mm-hmm. good. 
I Dress love to that Kill, one. yeah, that's a, that's my favorite of his. And he's got some other great specials that I do also love, but there's something about that one. That it's just interesting because he goes into history in a very interesting mm-hmm. way, and just and just the, the pop culture references that he throws in at the same time with the uh, you know with, with uh, like I don't I, I like I can't remember large bits of it, but I just remember like things like talking about. You know, people from other rooms coming in to sing five golden rings during these, <laughs> you know, like all these little fragments. You gotta look of, good, of you gotta things. sound good, but what you say, no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or was it Engelbert Humperdinck when he just goes into that whole thing about yeah. how he came up with his name? Or <laughs> yes, you know, yes. it's so it's so fantastic. And you know, he actually is going to be running for office in the UK um, really? soon. Yeah, yeah, he's looking to. Uh, be a governor. Oh, no, I don't know if it's a governor. <laughs> it just makes me think of that. But, be a governor. Um, governor. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he's he's been doing so well for himself. He performs his shows all around the world and does so in, I think, four different languages. Like, he wow. he's incredibly accomplished. But, yeah, just going back to those older stand-ups, it's just they're still just as funny now. They're They're not as topical as, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other comedians, which I love topical comedy, but um, sometimes it can get, you know, stale with time, and, and yeah, it's definitely course. one that doesn't... Yeah, yeah, I can still... I I can't even remember the last time I watched it, but I, I remember mm-hmm. showing... I Although, you know what the saddest thing about it was, is I remember when I came back to New York, and I'm like, oh, I gotta show you guys... You know, I had some friends. Gotta show you guys the greatest stand-up. This is so funny, right? And we're halfway in the middle of it, and I look over, and like, Two out of the three people are asleep. Like they, and I'm oh like, wow, I'm surprised. Oh. Everybody well, I've like, ever yeah. shown that to loved it. Yeah, like that's that was what I found. I mean, probably was it was pretty late at night, and you know, and mm-hmm. it was it wasn't as fast paced maybe as they're used to. With, well, with right, and sometimes but. it does. It is timing. I remember. Oh my gosh, my friends were like actively angry with me because we, they wanted to watch you know, like a Halloween-y kind of spooky movie, scary movie, and I was just like, oh my gosh, you guys, let's watch Rosemary's Baby, because I <laughs> love that movie. Mm-hmm. And they, after, like, halfway through it, they were like, this is not what we wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just had, I mean, she, <laughs> the lead actress, I can't remember her, oh my gosh, why can't I think of her name? Right uh, now, Woody Allen's ex-wife, Mia Farrow. There, Mia Farrow. Thank you. She's yeah. just running around talking to little Andy or Jenny, and so that's kind of been our running joke. Little Andy or Jenny, <laughs> she doesn't know who if it's a boy or a girl, and it is. It's such a good movie, but I get that maybe I it was too late, and we needed something that was a little more, yeah. you know, like you say, fast-paced, so that we kind of kept that momentum going. I probably should have gone with like a slasher film instead of this very strange <laughs> I know it's it's hard when you get when when you're given that responsibility and uh, I used to yeah. take pride in it because I used to I felt like I I knew my audience pretty well and I would mm-hmm. pick pretty good things but you know there were some movies that you just you know I I like I said I mean I've mentioned this a thousand times but uh probably the worst my worst choice ever was boogie nights for my parents oh, you know yeah. like i <laughs> you know you're like but it's such a good movie and then you start realizing what you're watching with your yeah. parents <laughs> yeah i i don't and i you know and it's it's funny cuz i really didn't i really was like what well, i don't understand what why does my mother look offended you know yeah. and like for a really good chunk of it and then all of a sudden i'm like oh wait a minute wait you know, just, a minute yeah yeah i know there's there's some movies that that uh 
that or you know there's other things like I used to love uh, the the man with two brains mm-hmm. and I remember watching that's a Steve Martin movie and you watch it now and it's just so it's so ridiculous and so yeah. you know that feels very dated like just the 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 type of comedy the comedies don't age well that's the one thing I've mm-hmm. noticed there's some that do but even the ones that people think do like if people say Animal House. It really doesn't age as well as they think it does. You know, it's just... Oh, well, I, Animal House is another one of those movies that I know, like, everybody. It's, like, at the top of their list. And for me, I just never connected with it. And I'm just like, I don't... I mean, it's fine. There's nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, I hate Animal House or anything like that. But I'm just kind of like, I don't understand why people liked it so much. Kind of like Scarface. Um, it's one of those movies that I'm not, like, against it. I don't think it was, like, a bad movie. But I don't understand how it raised up to the level of iconography that it has. You know? You're and it's like, funny because wow. you, you, you say that, and there's people who are, if there were dueling times, like, they'd, they'd, you know, they'd say, okay, we've got to go outside for a duel. No, I know, I know. There's not, you know, like, like and <laughs> I don't understand you? either. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I think, I forgot what mm-hmm. movie it was that somebody, like, I, I like Raging Bull, but again, it's... Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great movie, but I I wouldn't put it on the top of my list of I got to see this movie every day of my life, you yeah. know. And the same thing with Scarface. I I remember everybody talking about it, and I felt like at the time, how old was I when that movie came out? I was eighty three, maybe. So I was thirteen. I felt like at the time, the bigger deal about it was because of the amount of cursing that happens in that yeah. movie. Because yeah, it is, and I just feel like that's a because we were all thirteen, and it's like ooh, right. you know, they're saying all that stuff. Tight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you look at it, like I, I don't think, and even his performance is not. It's 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 so you know. Yeah. Over the top and... I watched... There was a time when I was maybe 16 or 17, like, just in that time frame where I was like, I'm old enough to start watching all these movies that everybody says is amazing. You know what I mean? Like, everybody says Mm -hmm. these movies are all great and they're supposed to be hilarious and I'm going to start running them by myself and watching them because I was old enough to do that at the time. And, um... So I rented stuff like Clerks and Goodfellas and Scarface and all of, like, I don't know, like, now looking back at them, I rent all, like, the boy movies, you know, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, like, the yeah. dude films. And some of them I really liked, and some of them I really enjoyed, and some of them I didn't. Like, I actually really enjoyed Goodfellas, but I haven't watched it again since then. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. okay, that was good, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like Casino kind of, I actually kind of, I love Casino. Like, I, I loved that movie, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah. it's not that I don't like those kind of, um, you know, mafia uh, movies. It's just that, again, I, they don't hold the same level of uh, reverence that that it seems like they've earned from so, much, like, so many other people. I think I mean, um, the Untouchables were like, yeah, Godfather's great. I love yeah. Godfather. Godfather I could watch anytime, but it's funny because I remember when Godfather 3 came out, mm-hmm. Goodfellas was coming out. And so I had this kind of like, you know, I, I don't want it to come out when yeah. like Godfather comes out, you know, kind of annoyance. Yeah. Yeah. But I do have to admit, Goodfellas is one of those movies that, like Shawshank for me, I can if it's on, I end up watching it. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's one of those. But, but uh, uh what was the one you, you? Oh, Untouchables is another one. I but I saw that in the movies, so oh, I think I, I was man, the right I age. That great. Yeah, I love yeah. Untouchables. Like Untouchables, that's what I was gonna say. Untouchables for me, that I feel like it deserves more than yeah. like Scarface does. And oh yeah, yeah. And but and Scarface is the one that gets all of the attention. Mm-hmm. So I love the Untouchable. I remember seeing that in the theater and just 
you know, I never, I never watched the TV show, so I really didn't know much about anything. Yeah. And I just fell in love with that movie, and I just love this. And it's a Brian De Palma movie, so it's just mm-hmm. that he has that very specific style. And and uh, even though now when I do watch it, I say to myself, "Why did I think Kevin Costner was a good actor?" You know, when you watch his performance. Oh, uh, really? Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe I need to revisit it, or maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I, it, maybe I should I mean, watch it again. It's fine for the for the part he's playing because there's so many other great things about the film, but mm-hmm. there are just lines of dialogue where it sounds like somebody reading directly off of a script. Like it's yeah, it's a very funny. I mean it's just maybe just That's his delivery, you know. Yeah, but it is great. I mean, this yeah, no, still nothing takes away from that movie. Mm-hmm. And Blues Brothers is another one I saw that in the movies too. So that I could see that one being a movie where somebody would be like, "What's the big deal?" Yeah, but. I think I think during that time probably what it was kind of like um uh, it was kind of like the Tenacious D movie in the way that you know everybody knew who the Blues Brothers were they were on Saturday Night Live and mm-hmm. I used to see them all the time and I was such a huge fan of of uh the Blues Brothers and Steve Martin and and uh not Steve Martin's in the Blues Brothers it's just that was that Saturday Night Live time so when I saw that in the movies I just something about it was so ridiculous. Like I hadn't never seen a comedy like that before. So I think, for me, there's a lot of nostalgia yeah. related to that film. But I can well, see what's why funny it about that one is I, I watched old Saturday Night Live when I was growing up too, and they were obviously reruns, but still, like I loved them, and so I loved the Blues Brothers. And we had, you know, we my family because uh, we were living in Florida and we had family in Virginia. We would twice a year go on these huge long road trips, so we always had tapes that we would listen to in the car. And, yeah. um, you know, some of them were music tapes, some of them were comedy tapes. So we had old Steve Martin tapes and a lot of, um, like, SNL skits and stuff like that would be on there. And um, so I always knew the Blues Brothers, and I liked them. But for some reason, I don't know that I ever actually, like, sat through the movie when I was young enough to still love it because I feel like I watched it when I was too old and I didn't, like, I don't know, I just wasn't, it wasn't the same anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like I missed out on that one, unfortunately. You probably, you probably felt the same way I did watching the sequel, <laughs> when mm-hmm. because I still love the original, but the sequel, I'm like, what was, what were they thinking? Like that wasn't this, you know, it was basically just kind of retreading the original and with mm-hmm. more musical numbers. You yeah. Know? Whereas the first one, I think what was amazing about it for its time was that it. You know, the, the comedies were pretty realistic, like Animal House, or, or you even look at, uh, I, I'm like it. I struggle to think of another big comedy from that time, but they were all very, they were all very real. But you didn't, it, this movie, even though it's supposed to be about real people, they have all of this, you know, mission from God and all this mystical stuff happening and mm-hmm. and ridiculous, you know, wily coyote kind of survival things that are mm-hmm. happening. And so I think for for me. I, how old was I? I was eight. I probably was like right at the right age mm-hmm. for that, you know, yeah. a, a living cartoon. But, but again, I can see showing that to somebody. Like, I don't think Jen's ever seen it, and I could see that it would probably be something that she'd be like, "Well, what's the big deal?" <laughs> you know? What's so fun? This is so like random. Like, well, on my way uh, to visit my mom in North Carolina, just like within the last year or two, I happened to stop. It at some shell station um, to gas up and run to the restroom. And I go into this really random shell gas station. And it's just like any other gas station you'd ever been into, except they've got these two life-size mannequins of 
the Blues Brothers in it singing. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> in the bathroom? Wait, in the... Like, in, like, kind of the corner of their store. Like, there's not even a place for a stage. It's not even, like, it just is so weird that they have them oh, and they're all funny. carved to look like them. I mean, it's not like Macy's mannequins or anything like that. It's like, they're, they're, they're sculptures. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> It yeah, was like, so random. I had to I had to take pictures with myself with them and I'm like, look, I know I'm all of a sudden that girl that's by herself taking pictures of herself in the corner, but this is too good. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. what are they even doing here in this off road town, you know, with like nothing uh, else around it? And then some Blues Brothers statues. <laughs> and then were they good, like, representations, or did they look, like, terrible well, they were they of... were caricatures of themselves. They, it was like a cartoon version, almost. You know, oh, okay, like, it was okay. halfway between cartoon and realistic. It, it was it was fine. I mean, it, it definitely yeah, yeah. was not, you know, wax museum status, but I was I was impressed. I was like, dang. <laughs> well, you couldn't, say you is... couldn't make me do that. <laughs> Yeah, you, you go to some, especially when we were driving across country. You know, you stop at some wax museums, and you're and you almost are like, you have no right to say that that looks like this person oh, because yeah. they, you know, they kind of like just throw, oh, you know, let's put this shirt on, and we we've got Fonzie, and he doesn't even look like it looks like like Ken doll with you know mm-hmm. they colored in his hair with a crayon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Um, I haven't really been to any wax museums, but I saw that. Um the Hall of Presidents just was dissolved and uh, like auctioned off all of the presidents and a lot of different late show <laughs> hosts yeah, and, yeah. and news hosts keep buying presents and have and some of them are really good and some of them you're like oh my god <laughs> like, yeah I know terrifying well, what was it who who just did a whole like movie parody of uh, oh that was the... John Oliver and that was John fantastic Oliver. That yeah was so that was good great. with like Laura Linney and, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael McKean yeah, oh my god it was, it was so funny yeah anybody who uh, who what watches was it? Ulysses or S Grant was that the one he bought or no. I it wasn't that popular. No, Ulysses S. Grant. That yeah. Wasn't, what am I talking? No. Was, oh, God. Yeah. No, Garfield. Was it Garfield? No, it wasn't Garfield. Who the heck um, was it? Who did he buy? It, that's not important. <laughs> uh, well, because it, it was great about it. It was, it was, it was so obscure. Like, it was that's, such a... That's what's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was such an obscure president that it was like, I, I didn't even remember. I, I didn't even know anything about this guy, you know, mm-hmm. that he was a president. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's funny. It is interesting. I'm sh- I I highly encourage people to look that up online. Um, yeah. Just John Oliver, you know, president's trailer, <laughs> you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that was that was really good. But anyway, we definitely have kind of gone down the rabbit hole here. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. We're somewhere. <laughs> Which is okay. I mean, whatever. It's a that's a smash cut, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But speaking yeah. of um, films you saw, you mentioned you got to go see Baby Driver. What'd you think? Yes. Oh, I I loved it. I, you know, I I uh, I really didn't know what to expect because it's. A, I feel like it's a film for me that just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know it was coming, and uh, uh, I knew nothing about it. Either. When I came home, you know, Jen wanted to know what was it about, or, or, or no, she said what was uh, what kind of film was it? Was it comedy? Was it a action? Was it thriller? And I really had a hard time well, trying no, to describe. No, it's an Edgar Wright film. It's kind of yeah. it's on on its own. <laughs> it really, but even that, it's like it's not even like like usually he he's great at 
at saying, okay, I'm in a genre and I'm creating a specific style. Mm-hmm. But this is like, uh, like this was just such a great film that I, I felt like it was like pieces of this, pieces of that. You know, it had well, it was funny moments. First, it had it, it was action, if I'm you know. not mistaken though, it was kind of like his first real world movie. Yes, yes. you know, so yeah. seeing his kind of fantastical story and editing style and you know all, all of that kind of all of those elements whirl into one in a realistic setting was so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I am so happy with that movie. Oh, it was so good. I and absolutely I love, the love music. it. The oh music yeah. In that. Oh you know, my I, god, I, they actually had Deborah in it. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one knows that that song. I love that song. <laughs> well, they, they had a lot of it. They even had that one obscure Queen song too. Like they, yes. like they, they chose a lot of songs that weren't popular, but they yes. used it. And even like uh, it was that there was a bongo song in there that I I had remember hearing in that album. It's like all these different versions of of uh, of so, like they even have Apache. I don't know if you know that song, that old uh, <laughs> rap song. They even they the bongo version of that, you know. But they but uh, they used a track from that album, mm-hmm. and I I was surprised to hear that too. Like it, it was just such a great yeah. Mixture. There were definitely things that I didn't even recognize in there, and I'm not you know. I'm not too shabby on my music knowledge. I did run a music store for several years, but <laughs> um, but yeah, and my whole family's very music, you know, oriented. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, they definitely they got stuff on me that I had never heard. Uh, but and, I loved it because that's such yeah. a, a wonderful representation of what I would imagine uh, someone with his kid's condition to be. Like if he's got tinnitus and he's obsessed with music because he's always playing music in his ears to drum out mm-hmm. the. The ringing, you know, I mean, that makes so much sense that he would have this great big collection and really be um, an appreciator, an audiophile, you know, and, and really, yeah. I don't know, I, mean, I loved that, how everything had to sync up with his, his music on the soundtrack that was the soundtrack to the music or to the movie. And see, was, that, that to me was like an editor's wink because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I've always written to music, you know, mm-hmm. with, with songs in mind. I've always tried to keep pace with things, you know, with music when I'm, whenever I'm editing, even if I can't use that music, you know, for the final thing, and which is the hardest thing that you ever have to deal with. But, um, it, but this film was such a love letter to that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you know, and I also read that he, he had the editor edit the film on set while they were filming. So, Oh, I didn't you know, know that. They would shoot things and then he would, and then they would kind of edit them just to see how it pieces together and how it synced yeah, up with the music. Sure. Well, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because I and mean, it's they not would like do a music so video. Many, yeah, so many things. No, 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 no. Yeah. But like just the way everything was moving, was moving mm-hmm. in time with the music and uh, certain ambient sounds and gunshots and things like that were so, yep. it was, it wasn't so subtle that you didn't notice it, but it wasn't so in your face that you felt like it was contrived. You know, I mean, right, it wasn't, exactly. you know, annoying. It um, wasn't like the newest hit song was just jammed in there, you know, right. for, and tried to make it work. You know, like that's, I just, I just loved everything about it. And then I love the, all of the characters, the, that mm-hmm. girl, I thought she was absolutely gorgeous. I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in anything before. Um, oh, you know, thought, what's really funny is I realize now that you're talking about, uh, Deborah, <laughs> the girl that yes. he liked, and I'm sitting here thinking about uh, oh, John Hams. John uh, Hams, and I was like, "Yeah, she was gorgeous." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was like, "Wait a minute, yeah, she, different." <laughs> yeah, different. yeah, I mean, she was pretty. 
But uh, yeah, something about the other girl that was the one that, that I was like, wow, she's really pretty. Because usually in these movies, I always feel like they're forcing me mm-hmm. to think somebody's pretty, but mm-hmm. you know, but uh, not my particular taste, you know, so to speak. But um, uh, but and then all the actors in it, like I like I was trying yeah. to remember, um, what's his name, Punisher, guy from Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Punisher. Was, That's his name. Did they ever give him a resolution to his character? Like <laughs> no. I'm trying to rem- they no. didn't, right? They left mm-hmm. him open. Okay. Cuz I was sitting my I was like, "Wait a minute. Everybody resolved, but I don't remember what happened to him." Like I didn't remember if No, the only thing that kind of uh came back to that wasn't about him specifically. It was just Kevin Spacey saying to Baby, like, "You know how I never use the same crew twice." You know, yeah. but you've always been my driver. You know, I think you're my lucky, you know, rabbit sort whatever it is. And um so that kind of explained why we didn't see Punisher again after right. the first job. But we did see John Hamm again, and we did see... But um, they were on different crews, though. We saw Jamie Foxx, and we saw James yeah. Hamm, but they were both on different crews, different jobs earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So they hadn't worked as a single crew altogether. And that, and I have to say, Jamie Foxx, that was a great performance. I mean, yeah, all of everybody, yeah. Kevin Spacey... When, when you Always. when you think of the last movie he was in, right? Like he's great in, on television, and mm-hmm. he's really been doing amazing. But the last movie he was in was that movie where he turned into a cat. Do you, Nine Lives? No, I like, didn't watch that one because that was, I don't want to watch embarrassing. that one. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like I'm like don't what happened to this guy? Yeah. Like why is that? Why are those the movies you're being offered? You know. And yeah. so to see him in this kind of role again. Well, like, maybe as a perfect. kid and you wanted to do something nice for a kid. I know a lot of actors do that. Yeah. It was well even before that, like the the I forgot what movie it was before that, but it was it was like the roles were drying up for him and thankfully he got House of Cards cuz and doing yeah. the Broadway stuff that he does. But uh uh and then Jamie Foxx I thought gave an amazing performance, like just mm-hmm. very unlike what you've seen him do for in in the movies. Mhm. Um and John Hamm again. They, he he's somebody that you take for granted, and then uh, well, and that's something like I'm going to mention though. John Hamm, I feel like, is so typecast that it was so nice to see him get developed in a completely different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he. I I feel like he found. It's funny because a lot a lot of the movie he's. I don't want to say he's playing himself, but I feel like he found a movie where he could be kind of goofy like he is in real life. You know? Right. He was very... It was obviously a character. It wasn't him, but it was so relatable and believable, mm-hmm. especially earlier in the film, like on that first job where you're meeting everybody. I mean, I totally bought it. I liked his connection with Baby. I liked it. He yeah. kind of was sticking up for him, you know, and just being yep. like, dude, no, we're, we're talking about music. Leave this kid alone. You know? It was yeah, really... Yeah. It was really cool. I I absolutely cannot recommend it highly enough. And one of my film snob you know um, groups that I'm in was saying stuff like, if it doesn't get you know best editing this year, then there is no God. You know, like that yeah, kind yeah. Of. Or even those sound <laughs> mixing or sound. Yeah, I always I get mean, those too oh, confused. But yeah, those. Yeah, that was really amazing. really great. And and again, this is one of those Atlanta things where I'm so. It was so nice. I know, especially with you living in New York, you probably get this all the time where you watch movies and you're like, oh, my gosh, I feel like, you know, this is my this is my backyard. This is my town. Yeah. I love this movie. Oh, that's the next movie we're going to talk about. Is mm-hmm. the, the, that was in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and we can segue right into it. But it was so nice seeing 
Atlanta, you know, and highlighted in this thing. And I think I saw a um, another reviewer say that this movie was like a love letter to Atlanta. And I'm like, it kind of is, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of is. It was so wonderful. But um, and all the criminal yeah. element, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't. But let's, yeah. Uh, let's roll into the next film. Why don't you take that one? Yeah, Spider Man. I have to say, <laughs> was uh, you know, the the film grabbed me right from the beginning when when the film starts with, well, first of all, they 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 took a premise that I've been working on. But they they did a great job with it. You know the the idea of a regular guy mm-hmm. and his crew coming in to clean up and just kind of what what ends up happening to him and his family just in order to survive, mm-hmm. uh, which is Michael Keaton's character. Uh, and then they place it uh, immediately after that. I thought I thought it was a great way to tie the film to Captain America by showing us Peter Parker's video blog of it all. Yeah. And that was, to me, that was brilliant. But what was even creepier about it is when he's doing the video blog and he's talking <laughs> to Happy in the car and it mm-hmm. says Van Wick Expressway, that exit, that's my parents' exit. That's where I used to oh, live. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Like I, so, so that was just one of many little yeah. little things in the film where it was like, oh, I know that neighborhood. Oh, the Queen, that's where I used to, you know, Queens Boulevard, that's right there. You know, And he and, and what's his name even says Queens Boulevard at one point? Um, uh, uh Robert Downey Jr. because he mm-hmm. yells at Happy about where to drive, but um, I thought perfect reboot of of this. I don't even want to call it a reboot. It's, it's just yeah. perfect Spider-Man. I uh, perfect casting for everybody. I love yeah. all of the yeah. kids. Uh, you know, Marvel made a uh, the I think it was uh, I, f- I forgot who it was. Uh, one of the one of the execs at Marvel was doing a Q and A, and somebody asked, "What was your?" You know what was the idea to make it a multicultural or, uh, casting, and her answer was, uh, I think it was based on reality, mm-hmm. which is true. I mean, that's that's New York to me. That looked like what I went to, how high school looked to me. It didn't yeah. look like, you know, uh, the sanitized version you usually see of the clean buildings, and you know, it it was dirty like that. It was like, you know, you look at it and it looks dangerous just to be on the subway. That's just how New York is. You know, that's yeah. just. And Queens especially, you know, Queens is just like its own, uh, most people don't, either they don't want to go to Queens, not that it's bad, it's just that they never really think about it, you know, Queens is just there. So that's perfect location for Peter, just like he is in the comic, and yeah, I I, I loved everything about it. I mean, how did you, what did you think? No, I, I'm with you, man. I was sold from the get-go. I was so ready for Tom Holland. You know, I'm just like, yes, yes. And I actually liked Andrew Garfield because I thought he was such a big step up from Tobey Maguire. Not that I don't like Tobey Maguire as an actor. I just didn't like him as Spider-Man. Um, and then Andrew Garfield came in and was a little more sassy, you know, like, and and funny and I was like oh no that's cute but he still was too old and maybe he still was too cocky almost because even though Peter Parker can get that way it, it's it's a balance it's kind of a delicate balance and he's still so you know young and growing and I I really did I thought that they handled that all so well um, and God the chops on that kid is, are, are just like amazing I yeah. don't know if you've seen any footage of him doing stunt work for himself and he does like parkour he has all this stuff i didn't realize that he um had been dancing for so long because he got the part of billy elliott for the play 
and has been playing Billy Elliot uh, for years and years. You know, so oh, wait, you're just I, like, oh, wait, he was on on the broad. So then I saw him. Then you may he was have. On the broad- now I know why his, you know, his face always looked familiar to me, and I was just kind of like, I never really thought about it. Mm. Oh, holy moly. I, yeah, he was amazing in Billy Elliot. Now that yeah. I, think I, I didn't even make that connection. Started holy training, moly. training like a year or so before they were even casting for it because he wanted that part so badly. And yeah. he has just been keeping up with his physical regimen ever since then. So, so all of the dancing, all of the ballet, all of the acrobatics have basically turned him into the perfect person. For Spider-Man, you know, I mean... I remember when they first announced him, the first video I ever saw was him doing backflips, and I was like, okay, yeah. he'll, I guess he'll work out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, super cool, and I mean, I yeah, I really liked it, and I thought... I, I'll tell you the best example of his acting is when, uh, and I don't want to give any spoilers because it's too early, for, but just when he's uh, when he's in the car and he realizes something very monumental... Uh, oh, yeah. has just occurred mm-hmm. and there's things happening around him and you just you're focused on his face and everything he's it's a very it's a wordless performance mm-hmm. but it's you know everything that's happening in yeah. his head and you just uh, you feel it you know you're right there with him and that to me that was like one of the best scenes uh hit for him like just uh, acting wise like that yeah. was just perfect absolutely and um i think that we i'd it's easy to get so stuck on Tom Holland because he's so young and was so amazing and everything. But I still have to give incredible um, props to Michael Keaton. I thought that... Yeah, he was great. He was amazing in what could have been a very cartoonish type, you know, over-the-top bad guy. Um, he, he really brought it down into something real. And he's one of those villains that you don't love. He doesn't have to be a villain that you love, but he's a villain you understand yeah. and has real-life motivations. He doesn't want to rule the world or anything like that. He just wants to provide for his family and continue to provide for his team, his crew, you know, with this world that he feels like has given them an un- unfair uh, situation. And I didn't see the, the twist coming at all, you know. I, I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't put two and two together that way, and I think, I think maybe it was just a lot of elements to that as to why probably, but, but that was it was well done. I think also I, I found that if a movie is good, like sometimes you're watching a movie and you're you're a step ahead of it. I mm-hmm. think this one and Baby Driver are two films where I wasn't thinking about what's going to happen next. I was just because kind of you're so it. immersed, and yeah, that's exactly. that's tough. I actually, uh, and I think we've talked about this on air before too, where a couple years ago, a few years ago, I I kind of stopped trying to figure out movies and stuff. I like, but I had to I had to make a concentrated effort not to mm-hmm. be like, no, just just pay attention to what's happening now because your brain wants to race ahead and make connections and all this stuff and be like, oh well, of course yeah. it's going to happen. And so sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes you're just like. Like I said with Wonder Woman, like where you see a certain actor and it's almost like you're watching a Law and Order uh, <laughs> thing where you're like, okay, well here's this big name actor being questioned by the police for five seconds. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's going to come back around. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. Yeah. Obviously, we have something here. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'll allow it, McCoy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love him. Um, <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, no, I, I really, I, I love Spider-Man, and that's another one, of course, I would recommend to people. I did, I, I think I've only had one person that I know say that they didn't really care for it, and the only reason that they could really give, he's like, I didn't feel like I could get into the movie, but I think it was a little out of focus. And I'm like, oh, man, that's huh? so unfortunate, because Ooh. it had to have been something wrong with his theater. And oh. I guess afterwards, he was talking to his friends, too, and the same kind of thing. They were like, yeah, we kind of noticed it, and... I guess it was just just enough for him to be bothered by it the whole movie, and I'm like, that. Well, yeah, that might ruin no, any that can movie throw for off me. That movie. I what was that Sam Raimi film with Bill Paxton, and uh, it was, took place mostly in the snow. Um, it was uh, they were like criminals, and they they hid the money somewhere. Oh, God, I can't remember. I Billy Bob I Thornton, Bill Paxton, and. Uh, I forgot the other, I don't remember the name of the movie, but I just remember the theater I saw it in, they had a major focus problem. Mm-hmm. And I I remember going and saying, I think it's out of focus. And they, t- you know, they, they talked to me like, uh, silly sir, please go back. You know, it was like, they didn't take mm-hmm. me seriously at all. And so I, I kind of sat there watching the movie like that. And it really did, I couldn't focus on the movie because I, you know, no pun intended, because yeah. it was just so no. out of focus. You no, know? I, I totally agree, and that's why I told him, I'm like, okay, I know that most people kind of are just like, no, it's fine, I'll just sit here, but I'm like, dude, you paid money, and everybody else paid money, like, yeah. go tell someone, so please, don't ever be shy about just, like, flagging down an associate and just being like, hey, you know, not trying to be rude, but if you wouldn't mind checking the projector in this room, it seems out of focus. Yeah, you paid money to do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I've never been shy about that. I remember mm-hmm. seeing a movie once where the, the, they had the framing wrong. And so, and I was with uh, my friend and she's like, she told I was crazy because I'm like, there's something wrong. I could see the microphones. She's like, it was that Hugh, Hugh Jackman movie with Ashley Chud. Um, <laughs> <Kate> Leopold? <laughs> yeah. Kate, no, no, it wasn't that one. That, Cause that was, uh, they did another one? <laughs> No, that wasn't Ashley Judd. Uh, that was. Um, oh no, you're oh, right. God. Not Kate and Leopold. What was that? Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. You know but... what I'm talking about, right? With he was a news reporter. And, yeah. What was and it? He was. It was like his second film. What's too. really it's... funny is like I like that's what I was thinking when I said Kate and Leopold, but I'm like, no, that's the Meg Ryan one. What is yeah, the other Meg one? Yeah, Meg Ryan. That's second. I can't remember the name. I remember at one point they went to oh, the the God. famous bar that's Bulls and something that's like was based on what. Uh, uh, Coyote Ugly is based on, but oh really? But yeah, I don't just, remember that. But but uh, yeah, the but what was so bad was oh, the framing God. was off, right? And when the framing is off in a movie theater, I don't know if, if ever since they've become digital projectors, this probably doesn't happen anymore. But you would see like the top, like the extra stuff you're not supposed to see, yeah, because they were when some filmmakers are. I don't want to say lazy, but they don't mat the frame out. So, mm-hmm. like, there's that famous thing with Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure when it wasn't letterboxed and they just kind of released it, where when he's doing the endless chain thing, you can see the, the whole pile of chains underneath his bike. And, and oh, really? So if you don't letterbox it or if you don't block it out, you can see. So I was, it would go from seeing microphones, you know, like the mm-hmm. like literally over their heads, to, uh, you know, a black frame for a second on the top and... And so I was like, I'm not going to watch it. And they're like, they're going to make someone fun Someone Like of you. you? Is that the name of it? Uh, someone Like it? You? It, you know what? I think that is the name of it. Okay. Yeah. Just the fact that I remember that is pretty 
I think I should get some good girl cred here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> because that might as well have been called something and something because that's such <laughs> yeah, a typical something. name, right? I know. <laughs> Someone like, like you, I'm pretty sure. What's yeah. the name of that one? <laughs> I, mean, I that was one of those when we used to we would me and my friend would go see movies like three at a time sometimes in one day. And that was one mm-hmm. of the ones that I would lose. You know, there might be two for me, one for her, or two for her, one for me. And mm-hmm. any of the ones that, that were chick flicks that I saw during that time period were all because I lost the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the point toss on that one. Well, I definitely, um, I have always had a thing where I am not necessarily a big rom-com or like chick flick person, but I still need them every once in a while. And I don't know yeah. why, because I'll be sitting there watching them going, this is awful. Yeah. But I'm still like, no, this is what I'm doing today. Like, <laughs> I'm eating popcorn mm. and ice cream or whatever, you know, and chocolate and eat, watching girl movies. And it's almost like it's this tradition that's like a, a heritage kind of tradition that I don't even understand or enjoy as much as horror movies or yeah, yeah. You know, something else. But every once in a while, I still need it. And I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here and watch Trainwreck and yeah. it'll be fine <laughs> or, you know, whatever but see, else. Those are good, though. See, I, there's a difference between those and then the... You know, let's make and and you know, rest in peace. But let's make a Britney Snow, uh, a Britney Murphy movie, mm-hmm. and just you know, make it a rom com because that because she made a lot of rom coms. I saw a lot of these horrible ones like that one. Uh, Matthew McConaughey ma- made way too many, uh, where he's just kind of playing the same guy. Yeah. And I saw all of his, and I and <laughs> it didn't help. Yeah. It. it and then that mm-hmm. one with Ben Affleck uh, that I hated with her, him and Sandra Bullock. Um, uh, ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock? I don't remember. Yeah, and they end, it, it's it's Forces of Nature, that's what it was called. Oh, I didn't and, see that one. Uh, yeah, the, I remember the, the cover art very uh, clearly yeah, for some reason. Blur, I don't know why. Right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know why <laughs> that stands out. I must have been working at the at the movie store <laughs> when <Yeah>. that came out. <laughs> But see, there were and but they were standouts. But then there would be these slot, and I would get mad at the sloppy ones, like the Matthew, uh, uh, what's it, David Duchovny and Minnie Driver one. Oh, um, you shut your mouth. Return oh, to me. Yes, I, I oh, hate that. Oh, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up, because I don't go to bat for a lot of chick flicks, but I yeah, love yeah. that movie. <laughs> see, you know what? You know what bothered me about that movie? Okay, they made. Okay, here's here's one thing. They made the big deal that the dog. Was very close to the wife, right? We're we're really going in the weeds here. Yeah. But, oh my god! And then right. So, so he doesn't know that Minnie Driver has his wife's heart yet. Mm-hmm. The they made a big point about the dog saying, "Oh, the dog was always close to the wife, and never likes anybody else." The mm-hmm. first time we see Minnie Driver and the dog together, there isn't even like a no one even bats an eye that the dog is just sitting next to her with her with the dog's head on her lap or whatever it is. Like it doesn't even make an, an, any kind of like imprint on him that hey that's weird that that the dog you know that that seems like something written to be a moment and they just completely dropped it like I mean I, that w- that movie to me I just saw so many missed opportunities I I just remember because it's so funny because me and my friend had such an argument <laughs> about that that particular <laughs> film when I after we saw it and she's like how could you not like that film and I'm like I'll give you seventeen reasons why <laughs> it was like one of those. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh, no! I love that movie. I love that movie, and I love David Duchovny, so that's probably yeah, you yeah. know a big part of it. But um, but no, I think it's sweet and amazing, and just shut up. <laughs> I'm not oh, I was, I was... saying it's good. I'm just saying yeah, I no, love I it. Know. <laughs> no, it's okay, and that's I understand that that kind of that. I think. I can give you that more than I can give her that because I think sometimes she just liked things because she was supposed to like it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it was, and I think that like there was a moment in that movie too where all the old people are dancing. Yeah. And and she's like, "Oh, that's so cute!" And I just I'm eye rolling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love all the old people why. dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, with Carol O'Connor and uh, I forgot mm-hmm. who the other guy was. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. I love that movie. It's definitely there's there's a couple out there that I know are bad and I know they're cheesy chick yeah. flicks, but I'm just like, no, they're okay. I love them. I love Moonstruck. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't touch no, that. No, that's a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of bad. I can't can't think of any of them, but I know there's tons that I I can't think of any. Yeah, I know. Sure well, because I can't th- I can barely remember the ones the titles of the movies I love, and it's like a, oh, that's so I, funny. There's so many bad movies that. Because I know I watched a lot of things, especially at Showtime. You know, when we when you'd work there and you'd have these long shifts, and then you'd get a movie. Oh, like uh, here's a good one, like uh, Stepmom. Like here, oh thank God, Stepmom's on. Meanwhile, in life, I know <laughs> for a fact I wouldn't choose to watch Stepmom. Yeah, but for no, some reason, I don't in like that, that instance, I'm like, okay, I can enjoy this for for the next two hours. Right. You know that I'm going to be well, it's here. It's got good people. It's got a good, you know, core value, I guess. But no, it's <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's horrible. It's corny. It's no. uh, yeah, yeah. If I want to watch a Julia Roberts movie. I'll put on Pretty Woman. Oh, you know, speaking of, of uh, oh, sorry, I, I saw something scared me for a second. Um, <laughs> I'm not on the computer. <laughs> I, th- I thought the computer crashed for a minute. I was like, don't even tell me. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, speaking of of, of Julia Roberts, so I saw the trailer for the Flatliners. Oh yeah, uh, remake. Yeah. Did you see that? I did see that trailer. I, I don't know. I, okay, th- this is a weird one for me because it looks perfect for the genre that it's in. Mm-hmm. But I was such a... F- and, and again, I, it's not even a great movie, but I was, that's, one, that's a perfect oh. example. I was such a fan of the original movie. I used I to w- watch that all the time. Like, that was one yeah, I would rewatch a lot. Yeah, I like that one yeah. a lot. I know that one backwards and forwards for some weird reason. And... and it was it was off putting a little bit to see the that other version of it for yeah. some reason. Even, you One know, of the even few sure. Adam Baldwin movies, right? Right? Uh, that wasn't Alex, was he, that was Adam, right? Uh Billy Baldwin. That was Billy. That was not Billy. Yeah, that was Billy Baldwin. I will I'll bet you some money. No, it wasn't because I found him <laughs> I found him attractive. No. <laughs> you know what's funny? No, Just think that of it. was not Billy. I always thought of Billy Baldwin is you know he who Billy Baldwin looks like when Alec Baldwin was the shadow and he changed into the bad version of himself into the that's he turned into Billy Baldwin like that's who he looked like. <laughs> yeah, I you gotta look that up because I'm not by a computer um, to look that looking, up. Let me see, I'm looking at it now. I feel um, like that's not right. Yeah, because I don't even think I think the first thing that I ever saw. Oh which, my god! You say, Adam Baldwin? Really? Who is a- who's Adam Baldwin? Who's Adam Baldwin? Wait, are you talking about the guy from Firefly? No! Isn't there an Adam in the Baldwin Brothers? 
you know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was thinking of the guy from Usual Suspects when you said Adam Baldwin, but, but that's not who Adam. That's not his name, though. I don't think. I think that's Stephen Baldwin. Let me see. Yeah, there's a Stephen right. Baldwin. Hold on, I got a couple of things to look up now. Let's see. First, well, let's first let's go to Flatliners. <laughs> oh God, right? Like, no, this <laughs> should be a thing. It was not Billy. Let's see. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Hold on. Ah, no. All right, Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, William Baldwin. Yep. Oh wow! Ew. Right, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Ew. Well, maybe I'm making up Adam Baldwin. Am I making yeah, up a Adam, Baldwin brother? <laughs> Adam Baldwin. Well, yeah. Adam Baldwin is the guy from Firefly. The well, tough no, I know. Guy. I know that his name is also. I know that his name is Adam Baldwin. But for some reason, I thought there was another totally separate Adam Baldwin that well, was a another, Baldwin brother. Let me see. There's a this William Baldwin. Uh, hold on. Let me. Let me There's I'm William Alex his. Stephen. Let me see. I, you would think they'd give me the list of all their brothers. I like how it says nickname Bill. Wow, how original. Mm. You know, like they they have to write that. <laughs> mm. Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to look up. Wow, I would never think that Billy Baldwin was ever handsome. Oh, my God. That, like, blew my mind that that wow. was him. I totally now thought you Now you're going to look at that. Sliver in a whole new way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I never, that was one of those movies that, like, I think I was too young to watch, and I always really wanted to watch, but I couldn't watch it, because I was too young, it's, and then I forgot about it, so I never watched it. It's so, <laughs> so bad, it's not even like, you know, it it came out in the height of Sharon Stone, um, Fatal Attraction, and, right, right. yeah, it wasn't anything, anything near. All right, so Baldwin Brothers, so we've got Alec Baldwin, who is the oldest. Mm-hmm. Then you have Daniel Baldwin. Daniel, there's Daniel. Okay. Then you've got William Baldwin and Stephen Baldwin. All right, I think that I obviously and then they, made they make up a point Adam. underneath <laughs> to say Adam Baldwin is not related to the brothers. Like it's a whole little. That's so funny. But no, I never thought that the Adam Baldwin from Firefly was related to them. Yeah. But for some yeah, reason, yeah. I genuinely think that I thought either William or Daniel was. Adam. <laughs> I don't know your why. Your brain couldn't cope. Them. It's like your your brain couldn't cope with the idea of being attracted to William Baldwin, yeah. so you, you created Adam Baldwin. I mean, what, exactly. I created a whole other one. <laughs> yeah. But um, at this time, I mean, when did Flatlighters come out? I, mean, I was young. You know, like it's Shut not up. like I knew that Billy Baldwin was going to be who he is now. <laughs> <laughs> He's nineties. Uh, God, nineties, yeah. Well, what has he done? I don't even know what he's done. Like, what is what has Billy Baldwin done now? He's he's kind of just faded yeah, away, just, right? No, he's just a crazy person now. He's just like he says terrible things all the time. Oh no, like, no, that's not Billy. That's um, that's Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin became the fundamentalist religious. Oh, okay. Uh, then that, then I'm mixing them up. Then okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the I one thought, that went crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. See, I obviously we can really edit out this whole like Baldwin. <laughs> like, no, I think I think it's good. You, you, Billy Baldwin's like nice. I won one. Like I'm back. I'm back in the game. I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. So that was Stephen Baldwin. 
You've hated this man for no reason for the last ten years. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, I just wasn't getting any of my names straight. Yeah, that's You funny. know, because I thought there was a whole other name in there that wasn't there. No, Stephen, you know what's so crazy is, and the only reason, like, Stephen okay. Baldwin used to be a guest on Howard Stern all the time, right? And the person that he is now, I almost feel like that is all for money. Like, I cannot believe somebody mm-hmm. would do such a, a, a turn in that direction, much like Dennis, uh, not Dennis Lurie, um, uh, Dennis Miller. Like, I can't believe they're as as crazed sounding as they come off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very weird to me. Yeah, well, well, I'm glad that we got that all squared away. Okay, so I can still think that Billy Baldwin was attractive in Flatliners because yeah, it wasn't Stephen yeah. Baldwin, and now I'm not grossed out anymore. All right. I had a <laughs> but whole now little... you, feel bad. you feel bad about liking Stephen Baldwin in Usual Suspects now. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't like anybody in Usual Suspects, so it's fine. Oh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> like, it's fine. I liked that movie, but I didn't like like anybody in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Benicio del Toro, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't my thing. It wasn't a poster of what's his name. Was. No, he was cute <laughs> in whatever he was in that Alicia Silverstone movie where he kidnaps her. And it's her idea, and that was so bad. Did you ever watch that one? Yeah, I forgot the name of it. Oh, um, it's so I, bad. I remember the big deal with that was that was her first movie under her production company. That oh, really? She was given by Warner Brothers to be in Batgirl. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. to be Batgirl. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, That's funny. funny. But I and remember was, enjoying that when it came out, even though I knew it was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I saw, I was. You know, it's one of those. It's one of those. It's on movies. Yes. That, that's, yes. It's not. It's not offensive enough to be annoyed by. And, and I doubt not, that it would have know. any rewatch value. I mean, no, I don't want to yeah. see it again. <laughs> you know. I did read something about Batgirl, and I don't remember. But there was a casting choice that I thought was interesting, and I. I cannot for life me remember what it was or what it was oh, about, but... I don't know. I just know it's a Joss Whedon project, so I'm excited yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, after Wonder Woman, there's there's a lot more hope in the DC universe. But mm-hmm. it is funny, though, that we, you, there's such goodwill for Wonder Woman, and then something like Spider-Man comes out, and then you completely forget that Wonder Woman happened, like, in a, in a weird way, because it's just a reminder of how vast and how... Well, yeah, uh, that's natural the, for anything, but I still think yeah. that that's that's true for for us that are like going to movies and talking about movies all the time. But when you're talking about the grand scheme of things, I definitely think that Wonder Woman will be the thing that leaves a bigger mark on this year. Oh, definitely. You yeah. know, yeah. and and on like the trend of what's okay in film and and feminine hero films and you know different things like that so even though of course in in the day-to-day life you know it's not it doesn't necessarily uh top the bill of conversation anymore because of the other movies that have come out i still think that overall um it has set a different tone and i'm hoping that that continues to ripple and we get better options in the future yeah no i mean it is a great film i mean it definitely did change change the way people are going to start looking at at other or creating other films mm-hmm. it, but it's just funny cuz it it had so much uh it had so much on its shoulders besides just the the feminine aspect of it it i mean it, mm-hmm. essentially it it has to ca- it had to carry the whole DC universe cuz if this movie had done badly 
that I think that would have been the nail in the coffin for Justice League, and they just kind of would have just slowly yeah. died, you know? Yeah, and even though um, I know everyone was very quick to say when Joss Whedon came in to film reshoots or B-roll or whatever it was that, you know, he was coming on to wrap up um, on Justice League, I'm starting to see reports that, like, no, they're trying to squeeze in some Joss Whedon, you know, save oh, me really? juice. Yeah, and I don't know that that's true. That might just be reporters jumping yeah. to conclusion or, you know, whatever. But um, but I'm just like, well, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, you no. know, to, yeah. to get that kind of, you know, fresh take. And even if it's just in how it's edited or put together, because I think most of the time, um, I really do think that Zack Snyder can film a beautiful movie, yeah. but it's yeah. just maybe how it puts together. It feels so overproduced. And I don't think that this that's really going to be any different in, in Justice League, but the tone could be helped, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, I mean, the the biggest shock probably, uh, I, I've never heard of anything like this happening, where a film is almost finished production, and then they fire the directors mm-hmm. and decide to reshoot, and that's the Han Solo movie. That That is the craziest story, and, and yeah. I don't know how much you've read about it, but the more and more you read... Uh, uh, just like the stories about how, you know, Lawrence Kasdan and 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 the uh, I think he wrote the film with his son. Are, were just so like aggravated with the film because they essentially weren't shooting the script; they were just kind of improvising right. like a ton. Right. And then even even I the star of the film felt uncomfortable with his performance. And oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, did hear he, that they were getting an action action or. Okay, the star felt like he was uncomfortable with his own performance. Yeah, because he he felt one comment uh, that he made to to the production. He was actually supposedly from the the Hollywood Reporter story. He was actually instrumental in bringing up the problems to begin with that they weren't seeing because he kept saying that he feels like they're pushing him to play this part in a way that feels like uh, very uh, satirical. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think where that uh, some people were saying that his performance almost mirrors a uh, Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura. Oh um, no! Ew, yeah, no, that was yeah. I did hear that they brought on an acting coach for him, but I didn't know that it was something that maybe he asked for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I heard that they brought on an acting coach for him. I heard that uh, it got to the point where they were looking at dailies um, every day because they didn't trust what the directors were doing and that it was very improv, you know, heavy. And even though I think there's a lot of room for, like, doing what works on film and just, like, giving options for in the editing room, um, these guys are used to making comedies, and it's very different. And I think that the person who writes the scripts uh, for Star Wars is very much not the kind of person who appreciates that. And wants to stick no. to things to the letter, you know. It's like, no, this is the well, script. Well, I mean, it, with Lauren, I mean, it's like some of the other directors. I think they were pretty free and loose, but I think the difference is because it's Lawrence Kasdan's script. So it's, you know, you're, you're talking about the guy, Academy Award writer, and all that. Mm-hmm. So, but so they bother to bring him back. <laughs> to, yeah. You know, after Empire Strikes Back to do this, and I, and it seemed like they, you know, they were doing their Twenty One Jump Street kind of. 
Well, style. right, and again, the answer that I've, I've seen to that, and I, I think is appropriate, is that um, even in Empire, you know, the one of the best lines in the movie was improvised. You know, it's oh, the yeah, whole yeah. "I love you, I know." You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. So there is room for that, but I understand but not taking it too far and not and making it is... a joke of itself. Like I remember, if you ever, uh, all the making of makings of Return of the Jedi, I always thought to myself, "Wow, it's so weird." The act here, are the actors are making up their dialogue, and that's mm-hmm. if you ever read the making of that movie, like they really that was one of those cases where it wasn't even so much that they threw out the script. There were so many versions of the script and so much secrecy surrounded that nobody ever had a complete script. Mm. So they would have scenes where they were just. Uh, like there's one famous scene during during the scene where where um, uh, they're about to be burned by the Ewoks. Like mm-hmm. that was you could see them discussing what they're going to say, and and uh, <laughs> that's where Harrison Ford. I've always felt his performance in Jedi is so weird because it always felt like Steve Martin playing Han Solo in that movie. <laughs> you know, it never felt like I, I I never I like he was purposely being kind of bumbling a little bit, you know, in that mm-hmm. film. And then he was also way over the top in things. And, and mm-hmm. so so I, I I wonder if that's the template that they... The, yeah, by. they were, you know, you can't base it off of Jedi. Yeah, Even though I love yeah. Jedi, but you, know, you, can't, you can't base the whole performance off of that. Yeah, because that performance was basically, you know, not, uh, rest in peace, <laughs> Richard Marquand, but I, I feel like he really had no control on that set and over the actors and everybody yeah. was just kind of doing whatever they wanted to do. So, but hmm. uh, yeah, I think that the other thing that they probably were concerned about, I'm sure was this movie has a lot to live up to because you're saying you're going to tell us to forget Harrison Ford and accept this kid as Han Solo. So they're probably like, yeah, we can't have Han Solo be Jim Carrey in yeah. this movie and not be, you know, not have everyone throw us over the, you know, they're going to start to say the prequels were the best film, you know, versus and this, you know. That's fine, but I kind of don't understand why they went with those directors in the first place if they weren't looking for a humorous approach. Yeah. And how that wasn't kind of dealt with in the talks beforehand. Like, hey, we love you guys. We love that you're comedic, act- you know, directors. But this isn't exactly the tone that we're going for, and really lay out what they wanted way yeah. before now. Like I'm, I'm just, I can't believe how much well, that's going on. And it's interesting is, is these, you know, there was an article about how, because uh, remember the Boba Fett project was shelved because of uh, the director of um, uh, Fantastic Four was going to do it, the, the newest one, and he was, he was the same kid that did. Uh, that superhero one, I can't think of the name of it all of a sudden, that, that uh, found footage superhero movie. What was that movie called? Uh, um, something with a C. Yeah, I can't remember. think of the title of it. But, yeah. you know, they gave him, he was supposed to do that Boba Fett movie, and he got fired off of it because of uh, Fantastic Four, because Fantastic Four was his first big budget film. And they're saying that, that the Star Wars crew the group they're you know they're going for different type of directors they're they're going the indie route but at the same time they're not trusting that yeah and and also it's more of a producer's medium like this these films like Mm -hmm. kathleen kennedy is really 
much like George Lucas was the creative force, like in in the in the original three, not the prequels where he ended up directing again, but because um, he was always, even though Irving Kirshner directed Empire and Richard Marquand directed Jedi, you don't think of them; you think of George Lucas when you mm-hmm. think of the original. Of and so, uh, I, it's kind of gone back to that, and, and maybe that's a good thing because. It's taking the same model that television has because, you know, these showrunners on TV like Josh or, or Joss, I should say, or um, even the guy that that does uh, uh, Better Call Saul and all that. You know, that this is their baby. Vince Gilligan. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, Vince Gilligan. And even uh, uh, the, the producer of the Marvel films, Kevin Feig. Like, that's all this that's all happening because of him. So they have to keep really tight rein on what a director can do and not do. And I, and, and that even goes back to the walking dead where I was reading, I don't know if you've seen these emails that came out about emails between Frank Darbont and Gail Ann Hurd during the first two seasons and why he left. I mean, they were essentially angry F you emails to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. I didn't read so them, but things. I did know. Yeah. I knew that they were out there. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But Frank Darabont so, also was very open about that when he left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he didn't have a lot of the control and a lot of the uh, he was he was given a lot of subpar people to work with who didn't understand what he was trying to do. I think that was part of it too, because mm-hmm. it was television budgets. Now I think because it's made enough money, it can you know they can they can uh, uh, it can put the money towards it. But but uh, uh, so so I think with these new Star Wars films, I think. They're trying to take chances, but then at the same time, you know, I think there's a fear to how far to push it, you know. Um, yeah. Everyone's talking about this new director for the last movie, and they keep thinking he's going to be fired because of how badly reviewed that uh, movie that came out that he made, Hands of uh, Hands of God, Hands of Fate. I don't even know mm. the name of it. Um. So, yeah, but, but I'm really, I, you know, only thing I, I felt when they said they're bringing in Ron Howard, <coughs> was I kind of was like, I like Ron Howard, but I was kind of like, eh. You know, mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't it wasn't an exciting, exciting choice. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. That, was, that was my reaction, too, and we were talking about here as well. Just being like, well, you know, I mean, of course we love Ron Howard, but it's like, is it going to be the same kind of tone that he always does? You know, like, it, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like, ooh, it was just like, okay. You he's know, never had a good track record with fantasy, you know, with, you know, he does really well um, with... Um, Willow. Well, it, I mean, yeah, I, I love Willow, but at the same time, you know, it didn't, it didn't do, it didn't hit, it didn't resonate with, with the whole, the mass audiences. Wow. Much like, yeah, I mean, I love Willow. <laughs> You know, wow. yeah, I mean, that's one of those childhood movies for me. Like, you know, that same, yeah. <laughs> Bad <border. laughs> yeah. I always love whenever I I used to do Willow. Like I'm doing an impression of Willow calling himself for some oh, reason. Oh, I right? always do. <laughs> I always do the goat Willow. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean that movie is definitely underrated film it doesn't uh, you know a lot of people some people have seen it but it's not as it's not around as much as it as you would think it man well if anybody listening likes fantasy films and hasn't seen willow that's a fun movie man that's warwick davis val kilmer um who's the redhead what's her name 
Oh, uh, Joanna Wiley. Yes. Um, and they're just amazing. It's so great. It's and what so the, beautiful. And has the best soundtrack, too. The score. Who are the two brownies? Is amazing. Uh, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, yeah, soundtrack. Who the the two brownies were Steve. Um, what's his name? The oh, I don't comedian. know their names. Uh, but he's he was in Usual Suspects as well. One of the guys. I can't. Yeah. Think, uh, uh, I just blanked on his name. The yeah. other guy I don't remember at all. Um, but yeah, no, I I mean he's I although I have to say it's it probably it's been a good ten years since I've seen it. I don't I don't know when the last time I've even. Uh, oh, that's just a fun adventure like daytime movie. Like it's definitely like a weekend. You're yeah. home on a Sunday afternoon. Like that's I 100 percent think that that movie holds up that's a good yeah movie. i have to I have to watch it again i haven't i haven't seen it in years i mm-hmm. love warwick davis i mean that's mm-hmm. for him alone but um yeah so and then i'm thinking of another what's the other ron howard did another film well he it everything fell apart with dark tower which um which i actually i i you know not to problem but i i think that movie looks interesting i'm kind of curious about it you know the dark I, tower looks amazing what are you talking yeah. about fell apart with dark tower it looks so good well, no no i mean uh well ron, ron howard was doing it remember he he didn't direct the dark tower but yeah well, like, i didn't think that it was sh- gonna that it was him but i'm like what, what where is this coming from i didn't know that he was gonna yeah no he was he was uh he was gonna direct the the film as three parts and then it was going to be a TV series, so it was going to keep yes. jumping back and forth. I remember that. I just didn't remember that he was attached to it. That's all. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was attached to it for the longest time, and then he mm. just uh, they just drew, dropped out of it. Which, in a weird way, I was kind of happy about because I I just didn't think he was the right person for that material for some reason. Yeah. You know, just didn't feel well. You know, what's him. interesting is this kind of parallels where I, how I feel about the Alien movies now because I was so excited to have Ridley Scott come back for, like, Prometheus and everything. And I actually do love Prometheus, and I I am still actually happy with that movie, even with all of its faults and flaws and loopholes and, you know, ridiculous dialogue and all of that. I still love that movie. Whereas Alien Covenant, I know that he was really trying to listen to that feedback, and I know we talked about this in the last one, but it just kind of felt like maybe this isn't his movie anymore. You know, maybe he shouldn't be the one's making these alien movies, even though the first alien is a damn near perfect film. I mean, mm-hmm. it is so good, yeah. but he, he had always been that kind of director that jumped from genre to genre and did something amazing and went to a new genre and did something amazing, you know, kind of yeah. put his spin on it. And this was like one of the first times I'd seen him go back and repeat a genre. And it just didn't seem to have the same kind of impact. Um, and I wonder, you know, it, it just, I wonder if that's kind of that age of mega directors, if that's, if that's a common thing for them. Cause I mean, maybe that's something that Ron Howard is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting because he was supposed to direct Blade Runner and then he's not the director of Blade Runner. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess he's just the producer on it, but it, it was, he was supposed to direct it. So, mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, to see that. I, that's an, that's another film that I, I'm surprised there's a sequel coming out. I really don't know what to make of it because I did love the original, mm-hmm. but um, I, I feel like I feel like a lot a lot was given away in the trailer for some reason. You know when I yeah. saw. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it happens. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm still really excited about that. I'm also really excited about Atomic Blonde coming out. On the 28th. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's coming up yeah. pretty soon. I think that looks fantastic. 
Yeah. What else is coming up? Dunkirk. That looks really good. Dunkirk looks good. There's quite a few movies still to come that I'm excited about. Yeah, Dark Tower, which was mm-hmm. uh, which we mentioned before, which I that's going to end the summer because that'll be I think that comes out in August. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the last movies. War of the Planet of the Apes just came out this weekend. Yeah, I really which, I want to see that 100. percent Which I definitely want to see. And there was hold on, I had a list here of the movies. Oh, getting stuntman dies. What's that? Oh, that's the, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, um, he died. The yeah. stuntman from Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. I heard he was in the hospital. I didn't know that he passed. That's too bad. Yeah, he passed away. That's awful. They Poor thing. That yesterday. Um, let me see. I'm looking at movies coming up. So Dunkirk is coming out on the 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, there's a lot of movies I've never heard of here. Atomic Blonde comes out on the 28th. Oh, you know the Emoji movie? I I can't. You know I I and you probably see this in, in the mall all the time, but. I can't believe there's a poster with poop on it <laughs> as a main <laughs> as a main character I for have little not, kids. <laughs> I have not seen the posters. Uh, I work in an outdoor Stewart. an outdoor mall now, so I don't have to deal with like the hanging banners and everything uh, everywhere. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, I knew I knew Patrick Stewart um, did it because I saw him in an interview a while ago. <laughs> it was very funny. Did you see, have you seen any clips from that movie at all, or no? Like I mean, I think that they probably showed one during that Patrick Stewart interview, but I don't remember it. The the, <laughs> you know, I didn't know how. To, I, I mean, I I kind of Xavier laughed the hardest I've ever heard him laugh when uh, Patrick Stewart uh, as Poop is coming out of the a toilet stall with his son, and he's like, "What do we do when we come out of the toilet? Uh, when we when we come out of the bathroom?" wash our hands, and then they just start laughing and laughing, and they're like, we're number two, we're number two, and they walk out of the bathroom, and I just can't believe... Oh, you're yeah, like, car- this is it? <laughs> this is the movie? This is not even, not even that this is in the movie, but this is how they're marketing the movie. Like, this is what they're choosing to show people, and your son... Loved it. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, he, he proved he's like a, a probably a, a future South Park fan because oh he just God, laughed and laughed. That's funny. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think the actual story is cute. It's it's about an emoji who uh, doesn't want to be the face that he's that he has to be. He's he's like a Meh. that's his emoji. Yeah. And so he doesn't. And so he wants to be more. You know, it's the typical. Yeah. Nothing new, kind of. Yeah. You know, character finding. Well, I just I speaking of which, because it's the same basic idea. I just watched Moana the other night for the first time because it's on Netflix now, and that was really cute. I liked it. I thought it was good. We also we rented. We've been renting a lot of movies on Amazon. We watched the Power Rangers movie, and that was fun. That was actually a lot more fun than I was expecting. Really. Um, because I never, I, and let me preface this by saying, uh, oh, so many of my friends would probably kill me by saying, I was like, I didn't expect to like it that much. Because they loved Power Rangers so much. But I'm no. like, I, I was a little too old to watch it when I was growing up. And, yeah. and not that, I mean, you're never too old to watch what you love. So, I mean, don't, don't take, take it that way. I'm just saying, like, it didn't interest me, you know. Even though Absolutely. I was watching... Godzilla movies and stuff like that, but <laughs> you know what though, as someone who was forced to to watch that Power Rangers movie mm-hmm. for my cousin, took it. I had to take her to the movies, and then I saw it again in a sneak preview. Like with one movie, we ended up, you know, it was I forgot what movie it even was that was playing with Power Rangers, and we ended up seeing it again. Oh wow! Um, and I, I, 
Power Rangers to me, I have no anything for it, no feeling mm-hmm. on it. I just, I, I couldn't get into Power Rangers at all. It's just, yeah, it was just very corny. <laughs> you mean me. the movie or the old show? The old show, the old yeah. show, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, well, and even the original the, movie. What do you think of the I, movie? I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm kind of curious about it because I, oh. I didn't think the trailer looked bad, but the, the no. original movie that they came out with, I don't know if you ever saw that. No, that's I never the, saw that's any That's the one of it. I saw. Mm-hmm. That, that was the only thing I ever saw. Was That was enough for me. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> but, yeah. No, no, no. I never saw anything else, but this was fun. I liked it. We enjoyed it. Um, and what else did we watch? We watched the uh, Belko experiment. Bil- the Belko Oh, yes, experiment? I saw that. Yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. Was I was very good. interested in that because the documentary on that I saw years and years ago. I was always very curious about you know that story because it was uh, you know the whole idea of, of these students staging a prison and then for uh, an experiment and then everybody falling into the role of prisoner and, and guard is uh, it's very oh that's that's not the same thing. Which story? Which oh you're oh 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 you're talking about the one where everybody has to kill each other? Yeah. Oh, uh, like the uh, yes, I, yeah. yeah I it's like confused this is like um, business battle royale. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the movie I was talking about, I think Peter Skarsgård is in. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, but I don't yeah. watch that one. I think that's the Stanford experiments. Now that yeah. I think about it, <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's cool though. That's cool. Oh, so that movie was good? I really wanted to see yeah. that one. The no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And it had um, the guy from the newsroom, Jim from the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, well, actually, was it Jim from the newsroom? Because now I'm thinking Jim from the office, and I'm combining names again. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it had him, and I love him. And um, he was also in Hush. Uh, he was the villain in Hush, and that was really good. But um what else? We've been watching oh, a going, bunch of You know, of going stuff. back to Moana, I do want to say something about it. Because yeah. I, I love that movie as well. Um, but it, well, the surprise for me in that movie was just how good The Rock was, not only in his song, but also what they did with his uh, tattoos. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I thought that was really nice and original. Yeah, it was, and it was the animator of Aladdin who created the tattoo character. Oh, cool. Um, so he was the one that did the genie. Uh, so it kind of kind of had that feel. Like he could, yeah. And they what they did with that is that was all traditional hand drawn animation over the digital. Like the, all of that was. So they mixed the two formats together. Oh, that's so. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but I, I really loved Moana. I thought it was a, a yeah. great underrated film because it it didn't look interesting to me at all when I would see the commercials for it. No, yeah, it looked interesting to me. I thought it was awesome, but like I. I just never got around to actually going to see it, and because um, m- m- our Amazon account is not linked to my bank account, I didn't want to yeah. rent it and make James pay for it. You know what I mean? I yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one watching this, but you got to pay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just waited until it got to Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And you have James Clement as the the lobster, which is always. Mm-hmm. That's oh, Jermaine, fun. not James. Oh, the, yeah, uh, Jermaine, I heard James. Yeah, I oh my God. It was yeah, so Jermaine. funny. After after I watched the movie, and then he had his little stinger at the end. Um, but I um, I rewound it and listened to that song twice. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it sounds like he wrote it, right? Oh, definitely. Oh, that's so yeah. him. Yeah. But that's... it's but it's actually, it was it's the guy from uh, Hannibal, uh, Hamilton. And oh, Really? I really yeah, he was. Yeah, Lin Manuel wrote all the songs. Oh, and I didn't. I totally thought Jermaine wrote that song because that sounds so much like him. 
Yeah, I think he wrote it probably for him, like in his style. Yeah, yeah. It's I, funny how people I gotta do that. i got to tell you, Lin-Manuel, you know, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of backlash. I don't even want to say backlash, but a lot of people, when there's something so popular, they start to hate it. Yeah. This guy, he is so brilliant just in the in his the way he thinks about music. Like, if, if you really want to see an interesting documentary, watch the documentary on the making of uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And just how he thought about things. Like, even something like... Um, you know, in the second act, Thomas Jefferson kind of comes back to to the United States, and his when he starts singing, his he he's he's singing in this very jazzy kind of way, whereas everybody's all in a other style, and it's it was to represent how out of touch he was with with the climate when he came back to the United States because he'd been in France all that time. Mm-hmm. So he kind of was out of step. And there's a lot of thinking like that, like a lot yeah. of behind-the-scenes musical thinking. Like that's it's just, awesome. And, and that's why I, I love the, the songs in this movie because you could, you, you know, the rock song like that, I heard the demo version on that, and I, I thought it, you know, I couldn't believe that the rock sounded much better than the demo like that, that they had for it. Like it's mm-hmm. really... Uh, and it was it was really uh, I don't know it's very smart even when even if you listen to all the things that he's saying inside of it because it starts he starts talking really fast at one point mm-hmm. but uh, yeah you know, I that movie I really was I've had to watch it a lot because when Quinn gets upset my my youngest daughter and, uh, she uh, I have to put on a musical of some sort most of the yeah. time it's been Mamma Mia well when I'm I glad. get upset I want a musical <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. Well, she's, uh, you know, it's crazy because she gets, I don't know, she gets starstruck by things. And, and Moana now is the one that I can put on that she'll the go-to, yeah. calm down. So, yeah. Nice. So I've seen it a lot. Nice. Well, on that note, we have just hit the hour and 30 minute mark, which all means right. that after, we have another 30 minutes. After we cut minutes. out all the no, Baldwins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might be able to get it done to an hour. Uh, <laughs> I that's still think so I still think that's a good uh, Billy Baldwin uh, 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 advertisement. To yeah, you no, good, you, good, good on you, Billy back. Baldwin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not the lesser Baldwin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, I guess next time uh, um, the next couple of big movies are. Uh, uh, Val- um, I can never pronounce the name Valerian Valerian. Yeah. Valerian, Dunkirk, Atomic Blonde, and yep. War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes, so good yeah. stuff coming up. I'm excited. Good stuff. So we gotta get gotta, gotta get to the movies. So yes. But, all right, we'll talking go right to now. you. Click. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's War of the Planet Apes on now. It's in 3D. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, it was good talking, seeing everybody, seeing everybody. When my, <laughs> I feel like Tony when Tony would start to lose steam and he just didn't remember what his name was anymore at the end. I, there were certain times when Tony actually fell asleep <laughs> while we yeah, were recording, and it was so great. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel like right now. I'm like I'm I'm, I'm Rich Kasan, and uh, you know I'm like, I don't even remember my, my name. Either. Well, on that note, this has been Smash Cuts. All right, there we go. That was a very tasty case of way of ending. <laughs> right? That was so fun. Oh, my God. Oh, and this is for the dog, Snuggie. Right? <laughs> <laughs>